September 1st, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Afkofdaled Amudbet. If you count down in the widest lines, it's five lines down. Just a few words, what, five words before the end of the line. The Gemara is finishing its derashot of the Pesukim at the beginning of Sefer Echa. And it uh, well ends one of the last pesukim we have that uh, Derashot will uh, in, uh, will go through is the following sila kol abirai abirai we're reading as ever in plural ever of course is a limb and the word sila is a little bit of a, a difficult word to understand we know the word misilot misilot is a reference to uh, paved roads of some sort is that what we're referring to and then the pasuk continues and it says adonai bekebi and so forth. So the Gemara over here says that the interpretation to this Pasuk, which is des- describing again the destructive nature, destructive nature of Am Yisrael following the destruction of the Mikdash and the uh, Galut from Yerushalayim, this is similar to a person who turns to his friend and says, Nifsela Matbea Zo, and says, this coin is already invalidated. It's so smoothed out. It lost any of its ridges. It has no texture to it any longer. This coin I can't use any longer. Not something we do very often any longer, but once upon a time, the the imprints that were on the coins were very significant. They would go out over time of lots of usage. They weren't issuing as much as they do today. And so the statement in turn, the analogy of the Gemara is, uh, when the Pasukok talks about silakol abirai, it's that uh, my body, our bodies, were so flattened out, so utterly destroyed, it's similar to those flattened coins. Continues the Gemara with the following Pasuk, uh, the, the next Pasuk there in Echa, Pasu alaich pihim. So the pasuk says that, uh, well, the, the content of the pasuk for our purposes is not relevant. The important content uh, uh, is uh, peripheral. It's that if you go and say there Aleph Bet, which Megillat Echad does, you'll notice that after Perek Aleph, the Pe comes before the Ayin. Even though in our Aleph Bet, Ayin comes before Pe, we have that certainly in Tehillah David and Mizmar Kofiotet as well in Tehillim. The Ayin comes before the Pe, but for some reason in Megillat Echad, after Perek Aleph, Yirmiyah Hanavi has the Pe coming first, says the Gemara Derasha about this. Now, I, I warn you and I remind you again, this Derasha need not be Peshat. Peshat could be something altogether different. But this is the Derasha. As you're reading it, what sort of lesson can you learn? What can we take away from the fact that in Megillat Echa, that Pe comes before Ayin without necessarily saying that's what Yirmiyah Hanavi had in mind? Or maybe suggesting, it says the Gemara, Amar Rava, Amar Biyohanan, Bishvil Mahiktim, Pe Le'ayin. Why is it that the letter Pe in the uh, order of the Pesukim, again, we start with an Aleph, and then the next Pesuk is Bet, and then Gimal, and so on and so forth. But Pe comes before Ayin, where you'd imagine that the proper order should be Ayin before Pe, Bishvil Miragelim She'ameru Befihem. If you recall, everything turns backward, everything comes back to the origins of this night, Tisha Be'av, destruction of the two Batei Mikdash, on the same night that according to tradition is linked back uh, to, if you rewind it properly, to the uh, to the same night on which we're crying after hearing the false testimony, false um, uh, scouting report of the Meragelim. Uh, they were speaking with their mouth, Peh, matters which they didn't see with their eyes, ayin, and as a result, the Gemara suggests that Megillat Echa, if you read it carefully, is hinting to you where the sin began. You can say something 
that you didn't actually see. You could say something without actually thinking about what you actually saw, having a hakdamav, the peh, bringing forth first the mouth before the ayin is the tragic flaw and sin of the meragilim. And in turn, the instruction of the Mikdash, which we remember in Megillat Echa, is referring us to that, if you read it carefully. Then the Pesukim continue and they describe, Halo ya ale aven, ochele ammi, so the, the reference is those who ate my nation, ate bread. And then the end of the Pasuk says, Adonai lo karau. They didn't cry out. They didn't call forth to God. Uh, what's this a reference to here in, uh, in, in this Mizmor and Tehillim? Uh, those who, and of course mentioned in our context, because the eaters of my nation, the eaters of the bread of my nation, Amar Rava, Amar Biyohanan, the same two, uh, it's, it's Rava in the name of Biyohanan just a moment ago, the Peh before the Ayin, and now it's his interpretation. That's why the Gemara mentions this here. Furthermore, um, in terms of theme, it's a little bit related with regards to eating up the nation. As Rashi explains it, this is a reference to when you take something specifically from Am Yisrael, but in general, Lechem Setarim Am, the Pasuk in Mishle says, by taking bread which is not yours, bread which is belonging to the more dignified individual, and you take it and eat it, when you steal and take the possessions of another person whom everyone looks up to and everyone reveres, but you grabbed it, ah, that's the best tasting bread. That's the reference here in the Pasuk, says, uh, says Ravad in the name of Rabbi Yohanan. Any person who takes the bread of Am Yisrael, any person person who takes the possessions, the goods, the items, the wealth of Am Yisrael and seizes it, uses it illegally, that's the best tasting bread. What about the end of the Pasuk? The Pasuk says that this bread, at least if we're reading it in such a way, is from Hashem lo karau, those who didn't call out to God, and we're going to rewind this back to the times of destruction and persecution, the times in which matters were seized, and we're going to force it onto and envision this as being the responsibility of two groups of indiv- uh, groups of people. Rav Amar Elu Hadayanim, Ushmuel Amar Elu Melamedetinokot. It's two types of leadership. Dayanim are the judges, those who are supposed to be adjudicating appropriately amongst the people. They were Hashem lo karau. We're supposed to envision Adonai Nisav ba'adat el bekerev Elohim ishpot. God is present in the place of mishpat. God is there as we're dealing with a judgment between people. Even though it appears as if I'm dealing with your money and his money, I have to have on my mind if I'm the judge, according to the Torah. We certainly see at the beginning of Parashat Shofitim, if it's a man which is you have to go up to you go to the Mikdash you speak to the Kohanim we're supposed to envision and find God in these matters if it's Dayanim who are seeing themselves instead of the people instead of finding God Hashem lo karau they're not calling out to God it's for that reason that you've lost your way alternatively and just as much important and relevant the people who are teaching children Torah people who are proliferating the word of God but looking at their own honor their own grandeur, looking to establish for themselves a name, as Rashi explains it, it's because of them. Hashem lo karau, they're not calling out the name of God, but rather their own name. It's for that reason that the Amim are eating our lechem. Says the Gemara, Mimena'an. Back to the general and broader issue, our Mishnah, our Gemara has been dealing with the kings who lost their chilek la'olam haba. The Gemara will return to this last part of the Mishnah, the Hediotot, the non-kings who lost their chilek la'olam haba. 
Who counted these? Who determined this? I mean, is this some sort of uh, nevuah? Is this God's word? Everything was implicit. There was nothing ex- explicit in the Pesukim. Who came up with this listing? Amar Anshe Knesset HaGedola Menaum. Rav suggests it was Anshe Knesset HaGedola. Of course, Anshe Knesset HaGedola, a very important uh, time and establishment for our nation. It's after we return for the second Beit HaMikdash as we're bringing forth uh, order and structure, the Tefilot, um, many of the halachot that we have come as a result of the codifying of these individuals who gathered together, known as Anshe Knesset HaGidola. The Gemara suggests it's Anshe Knesset HaGidola who codified and determined who lost their portion for the world to come, which is a fascinating thought if you think about it, because it means they didn't only put forth, at least in the eyes of the rabbis, the actions and the words that we speak, the things we do and the words we speak. They furthermore taught us what you need to be thinking, how you have a straight line of thought. People lost their halak la'olam habab more than anything is because they had inappropriate approaches to life. It's not so much what they did, although we included that as well. It's a general abandonment of a straight path. Says the Gemara, you should know, we have a tradition, and it's a jarring and frightening tradition with regards to this. Furthermore, willed and wanted, they wanted to include another one. And the Gemara won't even say the name of the other one. What do you mean the other one? Another king they wanted to have on this list of kings who lost their chaylet la'olam haba. Who's the king? Says Rashi, Shilomo HaMelech, Shema Israel. That's why the Gemara won't mention it. They wanted to include Shilomo HaMelech as one of the kings who lost his portion in the world to come. In truth, as we mentioned earlier in the Gemara, when the Gemara had this reference that whenever the Navi says that he did ra be'enei Hashem, well, that's a person who lost their chilek la'olam haba. And I pointed out at the time that the Mefarshim suggested that's by Malchei Yehuda specifically, by the kings who were only over a portion, not those who, who ruled over all like Shalomo HaMelech. But the Pasuk does say that about Shalomo. Shalomo has wives who bring Avodah Zarah. He has many wives, which is a violation of Pasuk from this past week's parasha. Shalomo HaMelech does, in the eyes of the Navi, the wrong things I'm not uh, suggesting for a moment that he lost his Hailek La'olam Haba, but I am telling you why I, to a certain extent, understand why they're weighing in on Shilomo. Says the Gemara, you want to know what happened in order to prevent them from listing him on those who lost their Hailek La'olam Haba? Are you suggesting that they willed these seven people not to have a Lama Haba? Or they had a prophecy that they didn't have a Right, so it's a wonderful question. Jeffrey's asking the following. Jeffrey says, what's the Gemara, um, not so much a question on me, it's more a question on the Gemara. What's the Gemara dealing with? Who listed these? And they wanted to put in Shilomo. We're going to see a divine intervention which tells them to leave it out. Uh, and let's say they had it in. Does that alter reality more than anything? Is this listing from Ruach HaKodesh, from Nivuav, some sort, some divine inspiration? If it is, then what do you mean they wanted to put in Shilomo and they were told to keep it out? This is a very important question. I don't have the book with me as I was preparing yesterday and therefore I'm thinking about this. I'm returning to Brooklyn today, I think, so I'll be able to. There is a book called Ledofike Bitshuva. It's written recently. It was one of these uh, students of Rab Chaim Kanievsky and in his introduction to the book, as I recall, it's got a long debate and discussion about the several pages on this topic of when it comes to theology, when it comes to philosophy that we accept as binding, uh, to a certain extent, we with our leadership and nation have determined that over the course of time, quote unquote for you, who's in and who's out. 
which means to say, yeah, we're doing it certainly with the divine inspiration and that we're uh, given and, and able to have. But when it's listed in the Mishnah to a, a crazy effect, the suggestion is such that if this is what became codified, this was almost what took effect. Not that we're forcing God's hand, but we're understanding his world in a way that's altering reality. It's an amazing thought if you understand it as such. The easier, safer way to go on this is, yeah, we're talking about Ruach HaKodesh, we're talking about Nevoah Ben Yehoyada Ben Ishchai, and interpretation to this, Gemara suggests they never actually wanted to leave Shilomo out. He probably is working with, and Sheikh Nesla Gedola and our Mishnah is written with some sort of Ruach HaKodesh. So what's this ensuing lines over here in the Gemara? Again, you, you got a theological angle on this, you got a little less in terms of being appeased by the words. Uh, he suggests they were trying to teach a lesson to the people. They wanted to put on a show so that everyone understands Shalomo really has in. I know you're all being misled. Let's put on theatrics. Let's put on a drama show in order to show you Shalomo really belongs in. So let's just quickly read that. Uh, those are the two angles, uh, very important ones with regards to how to understand this Gemara. Each one just as difficult as the other. It says the Gemara Ba'ah the father's complexion, meaning David HaMelech, came and prostrated himself in front of them, in front of Anshe Knesset but they didn't pay attention. In other words, David HaMelech appears, of course, from the dead, hundreds of years after his death, and he's, so to speak, begging them, put my son in. Again, you know, the imagery is, is difficult on all ends, but that's the description. But, what's that? He wants them in. They decide not to put him in. David HaMelech wants his son in. They decide not to put him in. Now, on the list, on the list is those who are not entered into Olam Haba, right? And the list is Elu She'en Laim Chalik La'olam Haba. Ba'a esh min ha-shamayim v'lachata e'esh b'safsalehim. A fire emanates from the heavens and it surrounds their benches, the Anshei Knesset HaGadolah individuals. So here they are, in some way, being threatened to leave Shilomo, let's use those words, off the list of the kings who don't have Chalik La'olam Haba v'lo hishkichu aleha. But they're still looking to write his name down. Keep in mind as well, Mishnayot are composed later than Anshei Knesset Gedola. But this is as we're getting our thoughts together and trying to understand the proper approach. Yase Abat Kol, a heavenly voice comes out, Ve'ameralahem, and the words to them, and again, they're very telling, are Hazita Ishmahir Bimlachto Lifne Melachim Yityasav, Bal Yityasev Lifne Hashuchim. So it describes the well doing, rightful actions of Shelomo and why he merits a Helek La'olam Haba. First and foremost, Mishik Dim Beti Libeto. First and foremost, you should understand he was a Ish Mahir Bim Lachto. He did matters quickly. He built my house before his house. The Beta Mikdash of Shilomo was built before Shilomo finishes his own home, his own palace and mansion. But furthermore, the Pasuk says it was Mahir Bim Lachto. He was diligent. He did it quickly. Shebeti Bana Shanim. The Navi describes how the Beta Mikdash took seven years to construct Ubeto, but the house of Shilomo. With 13 years, almost double the time. So you might say he was trying to make it nicer. It's not so in the suggestion in the Gemara from this Pasuk. It's rather that he invested more of his energies into the Mikdash to finish it in time. His house, he let off. That's the person you're going to put onto the list to leave out of Olam Haba? Uh, furthermore, the Pasuk says, He should be standing in front of kings. In other words, the kings who are entering into Gan Eden to Olam Haba. That's what Shilomo's portion should be. He should not be standing in front of the darkened ones 
ones, meaning the people who are left out of Olam Haba. So this is the next word. They're reading and understanding from the heavenly voice, this pasuk from Mishle, ironically written by Shilomo, but it's what's being read to them. But they're not interested in listening to it. Shilamo is out in their eyes. Lastly, there's a final intervention from heaven, and it's a heavenly voice which says, and says to them, in other words, the pasuk in Iov has the following important words for our purposes. You choose who enters into Olam Haba, so to speak, God speaking to Anche Knesset Gedola, Velo Ani, not me. What do you know how to talk? I've given you the ability to talk. I've given you the ability to think. I'm telling you, Shilomo has entrance. You're deciding otherwise. And that's the final line here in our Gemara. So it does leave you with a somewhat of a mysterious, tantalizing uh, conclusion with regards to, yes, Shilomo is left off. Yes, it is a heavenly voice, which, so to speak, pushes their hand, pushes their minds away from his entrance onto the list of But what was their hand? What was the Hava Amina? What did they think that they could do differently? And we had those two approaches that we mentioned earlier, each one interesting and significant in its own right. Baruch Adonai Amen